fit into that niche a little bit. So if you will, turn in your Bibles to, uh, with me to the book of Joshua, chapter 24 and verse 15. We're going to read from the word of the Lord. You're welcome to stand if you would like. If you're unable to, you can stand in your heart. You can put two fingers on the pew in front of you. That'll be your stand. Whatever you want to do. We're going to read this together. I don't know what uh, version he's got on the screen back there, but I'll be reading in New King James. So it may be slightly different from what you see. Joshua 24, 15, and it says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But for, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Put your Bibles away. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you on this topic, churned and chilled in Jesus' name. churned and chilled in Jesus' name. Can we pray for just a moment? Lord, we love you today. We thank you, God, for bringing us together for such a time as this. We thank you for the spirit that we felt move through this service as we blessed you with our worship. And we ask, God, that you would settle this word deep in our hearts. God, that you would bless its delivery and that you would bless our ears and our spirits to receive it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, dear. Oh, you broke a nail. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, you really broke a nail. Bless God. It's when you know that those sanctified nails need to come in. Get the sanctified ones that are good for the piano. You know, they won't break. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to deliver this message with expediency. I'm going to try to just, just talk my way through it real fast because I know that I am the only thing between you and two really ex important experiences that are gonna happen after service. A, lunch, but most importantly, ice cream. And today is Sunday, Sunday. We don't have Sundays for you, <laughs> but we do have ice cream. So we're gonna have that in just a few moments. We're excited to share that with you and just to have everybody here. It's good to see all your smiling faces. As Brother Wilson says, the most beautiful people in Pontiac and surrounding area, I guess, for those of you that don't live in town. <laughs> I want to say thank you to my father-in-law and new stepmother-in-law for their support. It's an honor to be able to be behind this pulpit to speak to each one of you. I know it's uh, few and far between and only 10 minutes at a time, but I appreciate all of you for listening. Um, it's an honor to be up here and my beautiful wife, Allison. She's wonderful. That's all. I mean, do I need to say any more? I mean, look at her. <laughs> the Wausau Daily Herald tells the story of a retired parish minister named Helen. Helen shares how she was at a summer festival and she was eating an ice cream. Delicious, right? Like we're going to do in just a few moments. She was sitting outside enjoying this cold treat when she overheard a couple of younger people chatting. One young woman says to another, why does eating ice cream have to be so much work? <laughs> I read this article. I kid you not. I read this article, and I'm like, 
what do you mean work? It's delicious. It's sweet. It's creamy. It's cold. It's refreshing. You can put all the little toppings and stuff on there. And if you're really ambitious, you can put it in something that you can also eat. There's nothing like eating the thing that you put other things in that you're going to eat, right? It's like a double helping of food. It's just, I'm going to eat the thing, and then I'm going to eat the thing that the thing came in. It's going to be great. I mean, who doesn't love ice cream, right? Anybody in here just completely averse to ice cream? (laughs) Jordan's pointing at you, Angel. If you don't like ice cream, I am so sorry. We do have Icy Pops available as well. It's just frozen juice. No surprise. Anyway, well, it's funny because Helen says that as she began to think of this story, she began to ponder on these these young people talking about ice cream being work. She kind of came to the conclusion that, that choosing your ice cream when you walk up to the ice cream stand involves a good number of different decisions. I mean, you have to decide what flavor of ice cream you want. You have to decide what toppings that you want. You have to decide the way you want to eat it, whether you want to lick it or whether you want to put it in a spoon. And and probably one of the most important decisions is you have to decide what you're going to put that ice cream in. You got three options, a bowl, a cone, or your hand. Probably don't choose your hand. That's messy. That doesn't count. Waffle bowls are not a thing. She stated that as she began to ponder this, she started to see some parallels in this problematic decision of making your ice cream choice and our life as Christians. In a world filled with conflicting ideology and and conflicting opinion, we are often faced with the choice of who to listen to or who to follow or how we should live our lives based on who we listen to and who we follow. In the end, as an adult living in this daily reality, I can start to see just how easy it could be for life to get a little overwhelming and all the choices we have to make and how something that we want to be sweet and fun can become tiresome and messy and complicated. Anybody live a messy, complicated life? I'll be the first to admit. You don't have to raise your hand. That's fine. You can sit on your pride. It's okay. <laughs> but we all have messy parts of our lives, even if you don't want to admit to it. There is some part, some deep, dark corner of your life where somebody didn't put the laundry away and you want to kill somebody. Am I right? <laughs> this life that we live, that we want to be sweet and fun and full of happiness, can become complicated, tiresome, and messy. As I read this article that Helen had written, I began to think about how we might overcome this problem of excessive choices. Anybody ever heard of Cold Stone? We're talking about ice cream today. Get over it. It's all the whole theme, right? Anybody ever heard of Cold Stone Creamery? Anybody ever been there? My goodness. It's like ice cream heaven, am I right? If you like ice cream, you'll love Cold Stone. But there's a problem with Cold Stone. (laughs) Oh, man. They're not as bad as Baskin-Robbins. They don't have 31 flavors, but they have about 12 or 20-ish. They have a good number of flavors of ice cream. That's not the problem. The problem comes when they pull that ice cream selection over to the Cold Stone, hence the name. You're welcome. And they begin to mix in any of the, like, 50 different toppings that you could put in your ice cream. Okay? So many choices of what you could 
mix into this ice cream. And on top of not only the 12 to 20 choices of flavors and the 50 plus different choices of different toppings, they've got three different sizes and two different alternatives that are also edible vehicles for your ice cream. So you're talking just ice cream toppings and vehicles alone, you're like a hundred different choices. It's a lot to take in. It's overwhelming. <laughs> I walk in and I'm like, I don't know if I should be happy or if I should run away scared. It's terrifyingly delicious. That's what it's called. That's right. But, and then it gets even more crazy because you look on the wall and there's like 200 different combinations that you could choose from. You've got the coffee lovers supreme and you got the meat lovers. No, sorry, that's pizza. And then you've got, <laughs> but you've got about, you know, 25 or 30 different options of pre-selected ingredients to come together. One of them's like apple pie, right? You got this, this creamy vanilla ice cream and these, these really sweet candied apples and this crumbled up crust and a little cinnamon on top and whoo, I can feel the Lord right now. Amen. So if it, as if it wasn't complicated enough, with all these different choices, then you have all these different flavors to choose from, or you can select your own ingredients, and you can make your own abomination. <laughs> I remember, it must have been while I was at Urshan, because we didn't have a cold stone back where I lived in Arkansas at the time. So I think it was about the time that I went to Urshan back in 2014 or so. And uh, my first experience with cold stone, I walk in, of course there's a group of us, you know, seven or eight young, hot-blooded college people. We're just walking in. We're like, king of the world. We're doing our thing. And, of course, you know, as a single young man in a group of people with other single, young, attractive ladies, I'm like, I'm going to be a macho guy. I ain't going to follow these rules. I don't have to let the man of cold stone tell me what's going to taste good in my ice cream. Am I right? I can make those decisions for myself. So I proceeded to then go and select, well, I'm going to have this... Uh, I'm going to have this sorbet, this orange sorbet, and I'd like you to crumble up some coffee bits in there, a little heath, and let's mix in some marshmallow fluff. God knows. I don't even know. That's probably all made up. But it was just an, it was an, an abysmal combination of things. And I'm thinking, I got this in the bag. I know exactly this is going to be so good because I like all these things individually. Surely, together, they'll be fine. It's like pancakes and oatmeal. What? Anyway, so I, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to listen to this company that's decided what's a good combination. I'm going to make my own combination. And lo and behold, what happened? It was disgusting. And my first experience with this incredible ice cream company was just garbage. It was so bad. And I choked it down because I'd spent $12 on it, and I didn't want to waste it and look like a, a real weirdo in front of all these pretty girls. Chloe, you asked me outside earlier during the kids' spring party if boys were dumb there's your there's your perfect example of why yes yes they are but it's interesting to me because you know thinking back to Helen and her ability to kind of see past this and, and apply this this complication of ice cream and the choice their choices therein to our relationship with with Christ and our life as Christians I began to see that there is a little bit of an inherent value maybe a lot of bit of inherent value in trusting the maker in their decisions. The combination of choices that you see on those flavor profiles that they put on the wall in Coldstone, they're not just haphazard thrown together ideas. They are very specifically selected because they are 
meant to be together, and they taste good that way. Coffee doesn't go with orange sherbet. Amen. Musicians come. And so there's inherent value in trusting the maker. Amen? However, it is unlikely that we will be able to come up with something on our own of all the choices that we could make. There's, it's, it's like wildly unlikely that we'll be able to come up with something on our own that works as well as what they have done with science and figured out, oh, this vanilla ice cream pairs extremely well with these candied apples. You know, they've done the work. We should trust the people that have put that effort into it. Amen? You can ask my wife. I tend to overcomplicate the simplest things in life. <laughs> oh, Lord. I didn't realize that this was going to become a, you know, show and tell <laughs> David edition. <laughs> but I know, I know that I'm not the only one, right? I'm not the only one, maybe the only one in the room, but not the only one in life <laughs> that overcomplicates the simple things in life. Uh, and when I walked to that counter at the Cold Stone store to order my ice cream, I need to remind myself of something, something really, really important. Though I look at all the decisions that I could make, there's only one decision that I must make. I must trust the maker. I must trust the one who has done the work and figured out what works and what doesn't. Because if I don't, I'm not going to have a great experience. Trust is a really, 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 really important factor in making many decisions in life. In fact, I would go so far as to say that you cannot make a choice without also choosing to trust. Let me say that again. You cannot make any choice in life without making the choice simultaneously to also trust. Let me, think, let, me, let me pose this thought to you. Think about it like this. We chose to drive to church this morning, yeah? We all probably did, unless you walked or you rolled. I don't think I'd recommend that in your Sunday best, but it's your life. We all chose to drive to church this morning. Allison and I drove my truck. We, drove, we woke up and we drove her truck, excuse me. <laughs> we got up and we made the conscious decision to put the key in the ignition, put the engine in reverse and back out of the driveway. But there were two forms of trust built into that choice. We chose to drive. We chose to come to church. But we also inherently decided to trust in God for safety to get us here. And we trusted in Ford to make a decent enough product to get us here safely and back. Joe, I know you're like, no, Ford. But I love Ford, and I am not a, I'm not ashamed of it. Amen. People always ask me, well, they don't always ask me, but when they do ask me, this is what I tell them. They sometimes ask, why do you love Ford so much? And I'm like, well, it might have something to do with the fact that I was kind of engendered with a love of Ford by my pastor, Brother Gaddy, his dad was like a 90-year veteran of Ford Motor Company. Like, pretty sure he put his hands on the first Model A right off the assembly line 300 years ago or whenever. So it's like Ford is just baked into my blood. It's just not going anywhere. The choice-trust dynamic that we're talking about here is present, though, in so many choices in everyday life, even down to the simplicity of choosing your ice cream at the ice cream shop. 
We need to trust. We have to make the choice. We have to choose what ice cream we want, but we have to trust the person who's going to make it. We have to trust the person who has predetermined what these flavor combinations should be to get the best experience possible. In our text this morning, we read a statement from the book of Joshua. Joshua is speaking to the, to the people of Israel, and he recounts the history of Israel, how Abraham was called by God to leave his home and with his family pursue the call of God on his life. This meant crossing the river and leaving behind both figuratively and literally the gods his families served, the, the gods his family served. Am I right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Joshua then continues the story, sharing how from the moment, that moment on, God multiplied Abraham and his descendants to the point that they're at now, right? A vast people moving toward a promised land that is fraught with danger, but filled with goodness and blessing. He reminds them of their heritage and what all God has done for them for a very specific reason. He has decided to, to take a stand for himself and for his family, to make a choice and to ask the people of Israel to do the same. You must choose who you will serve. He tells them, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of, the, of your fathers that served the gods your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If I were to read this in the David Kennedy translation of the Bible, it would read something like this. You have a choice to make, and there are plenty of options of gods out there that you could serve. But don't complicate this any more than you really need to. Remember that there is only one God, and he has proven himself to you over and over and over and over again, and choose him. And with that choice of service comes the implicit choice of trust. It may not always make sense when you choose to serve God. The things that he may ask of us, they may take a bit of faith at times. But that's where the trust comes in. We have chosen to serve, and that comes with the requirement that we trust. Mm. Let me say that one more time. We have chosen to serve. But with that choice comes the requirement of trust. If God tells you to go, he may not always tell you where. He might just point you in a direction and say, walk. When he called Abraham, he said, go to a land that I will show you. He didn't say, hey, you see that weird tree over there? Hang left at that. Walk for about 14 years and you'll be where I need you to be. No, he said, go to a land that I will show you. Start moving now. Directions will follow. Allison, you can come ahead to the piano. I told you it wasn't going to be about three and a half hours today, so I've been talking for about two minutes. It's okay. Homemade ice cream. Anybody ever had homemade ice cream? Whew, the Lord. Amen. Homemade ice cream is about the best ice cream I have ever had in my life. It's sweet, it's creamy, it's whatever flavor you want it to be. It is not, however, vanilla. Okay, if you want vanilla, you can be basic like that, that's fine. I'm talking like 
pizza and red sauce ice cream, you know, a little ranch flavored ice cream, a little runoff of bacon. No, I'm just kidding. That's disgusting. Don't ever do that. <laughs> Unless you really just want to purge your system because that's all it's going to do. It's just going to make you blow chunks everywhere and you're not going to be happy. Trust the maker. <laughs> oh, Lord. It is not, however, it is so, so good, right? And it's kind of fun. It's got this really cool kind of, it's summer now, we can make our own ice cream, or it's winter and we're crazy and we're going to make our own ice cream. It's got this cool experience tied to it, but it is not easy to do. Now, there are things that they have done to make it slightly less complicated, but the process is still not super easy. You must choose the right ingredients carefully and accurately, you must then purchase this churning bucket thing. And then, after all of that, you have to put the ingredients in the right amount in the bucket. You have to surround it with ice and salt. And then you have to let it churn and churn and churn and churn and churn. And then sometime, by the time you're 70, you got ice cream. No, for what seems like days, you have to let it sit there and just spin and spin and spin and spin. This whole process is something that manufacturers have developed down to a science and they get perfect every single time. Blue Bunny, I'm talking to you. But if we want the delight of a cold, sweet treat at home, we need to make sure that we do the steps correctly, that we follow the instructions and that we do not shortcut our way to oblivion. We have to trust the process. You see, if we don't use the right amount of ingredients, the flavor won't be that good. Or perhaps the texture will be wrong. And if we don't achieve the right temperature, we could end up with something akin to a brick of sugar and ice or something that's basically just thick milk. <laughs> that's a disgusting thought. What it all boils down to, let's, let's stand, let's stand together. What it all boils down to, ladies and gentlemen, is we have a choice to make. But that choice is not once and you're done. You have to make that choice every single day. We talk about forgiveness. We talk about repentance. Those are the same as this. You cannot make the decision to repent or to forgive, and that's it. That's all you have to do just the one time. I grew up in a really great household with a great family, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my family ended up in pieces everywhere. My dad left, my mom was devastated, I was homeless for six months, just wreckage of a beautiful life everywhere, just pieces all over the place because of a decision that my dad made, right? But he's still my father, I still love him. And I can't necessarily forget the things that he did wrong, but I can't, I also can't forget the things he did right. But I have to forgive him. And I can't just be like, I forgive you, Dad. And then that's good enough for the rest of my life. It doesn't work that way. I'm sorry if anybody's deceived to think that's how it works, but that's not how it works. I have to do that every single day. The choice of who you serve, who will be your king, who will be the Lord of your life, is a choice you have to make every single day. 
I choose you, God. I choose to serve you. I choose to follow you. Your word is what I choose to set as my lifeline, to set as my instruction booklet, to set as the boundary for my life. I have to make that choice every single day. You have to choose this day who you will serve. This day means today. And when tomorrow comes, this day means that day. You have been educated, you have been reminded of his blessings, and you have to choose for yourself every single day who you will trust, who you will follow, and who you will serve. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of of the lawless and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. But you must continue in these things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from who you have learned them and that from your childhood, You have known the holy scriptures, which are to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Choose this day who you will serve. And when you get to the point of making that choice, if you just cannot find the words to pray, David in Psalm 86 says it beautifully. He says, Bow down your ear, O Lord, and hear me. For I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am holy. You are my God, serve, save your servant who trusts in you. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I cry to you all day long. Rejoice the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon you, for you will answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, O Lord, nor are there any works like your works. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and glorify your name. For you are great and do wonderful things. You alone are God. Teach me. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will praise you. O Lord, my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forever, forevermore. For great is your mercy toward me, and you have delivered my soul from the depths of hell. O God, the proud have risen against me, and a mob of violent men have sought my life, and you have not set and have not set you before them. But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in mercy and truth. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. 
But you, O oh Lord, are a God full of compassion. Of, uh, you are gracious and long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. Oh, turn to me and have mercy on me. Give your strength to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. Show me a sign for good that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Choose this day whom you will serve. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes together for a moment? We are all at a important moment in time right now. You may not have walked into this building with this in the front of your mind, but this is a crucial moment in your life, in your, in your walk with God. To be reminded that a choice needs to be made today. You must choose who you will serve. Is it going to be easy? No. But is it going to be worth it? Absolutely. So I'm going to open these altars, this front area here. I'm going to open this up and I'm just going to, you don't have to look, you don't have to, I mean, look, don't trip, don't do that. But if you want to come and you want to make that choice today, I implore you. As a friend, as a brother in Christ, I implore you, do not miss the opportunity to choose right now who you will serve. Because you may not be guaranteed much past this moment. Who knows? You have an opportunity to make a choice right now. And I, if I could, I would beg you, brothers and sisters, come and choose who you will serve right now. Make that choice today and make that choice every day. Jesus.